Hello, Hi Rock. Welcome to our daily devotional. It's currently the Advent season, and we are traveling through various passages that prepare us for the coming of the King. Uh, today, we're going to be looking at a passage, uh, Matthew 21, where Jesus is doing some teaching, and he explains what greatness is like in God's kingdom, what we should expect in God's kingdom. And that greatness is measured in, not in likes and followers and subscribers, but rather measured in service and love. So we're in Matthew chapter 20, excuse me, Matthew chapter 23, verses 1 through 12, where we read this. Then Jesus said to the crowds and to his disciples, the teachers of religious law and the Pharisees are the official interpreters of the law of Moses. So practice and obey whatever they tell you, but don't follow their example, for they don't practice what they teach. They crush people with unbearable religious demands and never lift a finger to ease their burden. Everything they do is for show. On their arms, they wear extra, extra wide prayer boxes with scripture verses inside, and they wear robes with extra long tassels, and they love to sit at the head table at banquets and in the seats of honor in the synagogues. They love to receive respectful greetings as they walk in the marketplace and to be called rabbi. Don't let anyone call you rabbi, for you have only one teacher, and all of you are equal as brothers and sisters. And don't address anyone here on earth as father, for only God in heaven is your father. And don't let anyone call you teacher, for you have only one teacher, the Messiah. The greatest among you must be a servant, but those who exalt themselves will be humbled, and those who humble themselves will be exalted. And this is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Dave, um, one of the things I like about this passage is how much I don't like this passage because it has uh, it's so contrary to everything in in our world. Uh, first of all, we have like the source of, you know, that famous uh, saying, you know, practice what you preach or the inverse here. We're saying that they don't practice what they preach, these religious leaders. Um, so Jesus says, do as they say, not as they do. And not only do they not practice what they preach, but the second thing that's wrong with what they do is that they they don't help those that they are putting all these burdens upon. So there's no compassion in them. So they're only caring about themselves, not caring about others. And so what do they do and, and why do they do it? Well, some of the things that they do, verse four, is everything they do is for show. Uh, in their case, they're wearing these extra wide phylacteries, they're like these uh, armbands that have scripture verses in them, and they have these extra long tassels on their robes. Those tassels were tied in a, a particular knot pattern that represented uh, 611 or 6, I forget now, it's... Uh, but it represented the number of laws in the old in the uh, Mosaic code, and so they um, it represented in essence the scripture itself and their connection to God, and, and these are very visible. And they were doing what we might today call virtue signaling. They're making a big show of allegiance to a person or a principle without actually doing much in support of that. So virtue signaling is nothing new. It it goes all the way back here, and and I'm sure to the beginning of time. And then verse five. Why do they virtue signal? Well, because they love to receive not praise from God, but praise from people. That gets it gets them social clout. Uh, in their case, it gets them seats of honor, uh, you know, uh, a lot of esteem from people, you know, likes and subscribers if they had those kinds of things. And this praise in public uh, place, places gives them titles like rabbi and teacher, leader, influencer, whatever it might be. And Jesus says, in contrast to this, he says, you know, don't seek in verse eight, don't seek any of these titles or any kind of elevation. Why? Because we are all equal as uh, sisters and brothers. And God is the one who is ultimately 
our teacher and leader. He says, don't address anyone as father for only God in heaven is our father and only Jesus is our, our rabbi. And then he ends with saying that the greatest in the kingdom of heaven is a servant, which is exactly, of course, who Jesus was. Uh, we see this displayed beautifully or some uh, beautifully in uh, Philippians 2, where uh, the one who is in very nature, God takes on the nature of a servant and becomes obedient even to death. And this is the example that we're to follow. And I, I think of this as a really uh, appropriate Advent reading, simply because as we talk about you know, preparing ourselves to receive the coming king, to receive the coming kingdom. The the attitude with which we're to receive all these things is is humility. And I look to to Mary, especially as as the you know first example of this in the bringing the gospel into the world. Mary, the mother of Jesus, in her humility, received the message of the angel saying, "I am the Lord's servant. May it be to me as you have said." And so I see this uh, in this passage uh, where Jesus is teaching, and I see it in Mary's reaction, This that Advent is really a time for us to humble ourselves uh, by you know, devoting ourselves to God, and especially, I think, in service to others, so that when God's kingdom comes, God will be the one who lifts us up. Uh, having said all that, Dave, I really have this uh, question I want to you, you love lobbing questions at me. Here's one I really want to give to you. Uh -oh. Jesus says, you know, that we shouldn't be called father or teacher, or, you know, I would think that it would extend to a similar title, title like pastor. And, and for me, I, I, this passage has made me very uncomfortable with our, even in, in our church, very casual use uh, of, and loose use of, of titles. And I remember uh, when I was leading a young adult ministry at, um, at High Rock Arlington, some people were comfortable, uh, you know, calling me John and being more familiar. Others, uh, maybe from their background or from their culture, were really uncomfortable with that. So they insisted on calling me Pastor John, even if we were like going on a hike somewhere and it had nothing to do with, uh, you know, with the formal ministry. They'd insist on calling me Pastor John. And uh, one, uh, one of the young adults came up with an idea and he started calling me PJ, uh, you know, short for Pastor John. And this became kind of a way that people could... Uh, refer to me in a familiar way, but for those who insisted on feeling like they had to call me pastor, even if it was a diminutive form, by saying PJ, they were still uh, saying pastor. So it kind of bridged that gap for me and made me feel a lot more comfortable as well. Um, actually, some of the people wanted to know what they could do for you, and PD didn't sound quite right. So I said, I suggested P. Diddy. Uh, I don't think it ever took off, but well, that I, was my see, I, Somebody made me a, hat, uh, a, a shirt for one of the um, high rock teams that was P Diddy. And actually there are a number of people to this day who actually still use that. All right. Nice. I, I, I yeah, hope I was a part worked. of, uh... it <laughs> so in any case, I'm, I'm wondering what you think first, you know, about the passage, uh, uh, overall, but I'm also wondering what you think about this, uh, this teaching from Jesus about not taking on titles. You know, I really think that, uh, so much of it matters, you know, in why we're doing it. And I think clearly what Jesus is talking about here is people who are using titles to, to lift themselves up above others. And so, you know, I'm a teacher of the law, you know, I, I'm a, I have authority over you. I get to control you. Um, you, you know, I'm a, I'm more important than you are. And I surely there are people who use all kinds of titles, right? Uh, the, you know, the, one of my my professors used to tell me that you can always t tell the uh, um, how good the school is that somebody got their PhD from by uh, by how often they use the title doctor, right? Unless it's like a medical thing, um, you know, for their PhD, because you know 
like are, are they wanting the status was that really what it was about or were they actually looking for the substance the learning so and this is what he didn't say but what i'm adding is so that they could actually serve the world with this knowledge to me that actually captures a real key distinction if i'm looking for status then i think all those titles are corrupt and in a world that is very status conscious and i think especially when hierarchy was beginning that was still in the period much less so now but it was still in the period when pastors had very high status in society and and i think we were revered and feared and you know kind of automatically respected and people kind of put us ahead of themselves <laughs> and so that was why very early on we actually stopped you know i would always introduce say, hi i'm dave from one of the pastors um but that we were always trying to to uh to kind of get rid of those titles and try to see if we could actually kind of reduce what we call the power distance uh mm -hmm. and so that, that way that that kind of we were all sort of on equal footing that was the idea is hey we're all following jesus together um, I, I see, however, that there are other times when those titles can be used not uh, to confer status or at least a higher status, but actually to, to confer or to convey commitment. Um, and so, yes, I could, I can imagine somebody using the word father in a, a family context, not in a religious context, in a family context that is sort of like, hey, you have to do what I say. You know, I'm your father. One of my friends, a high rocker, tells me that her her father would always, you know, get upset and say, oh, you know, is that a way to speak to your honorable father? You know, that he, he would use that as this way of saying, I'm not like you, therefore you have to submit to me. Uh, it was an exercise of power, status. Um, but to me, father actually is much more of this, it's the, the greatest among you must become a servant. It's saying, I have a commitment to you that you don't have to make to me, right? I have a commitment actually to serve you. And I think when pastor is understood in that way as not, because, and that's why I want to say, hey, I, I don't want to pretend I'm not a pastor. I am. I've made a covenant to serve. And so saying that I will, I will be a pastor to you. I will be somebody that you can, you know, trust that will hold confidentiality, who will, uh, you know, see God, uh, you know, that I really want to take that stewardship seriously as a way of serving you, not as a way of getting you to serve me. And to me, that's really the, the spirit here, because I, what we see these people doing, uh, the, the, uh, the, the teachers of the law, we're, we're trying to get people to serve them uh, and trying to control them rather than saying, no, I, I'm willing to, 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 to exercise self-control, you know, put myself down in order to serve you. And I think that's really the, the idea. Because even Jesus says, verse 11, the greatest among you must be your servant, right? It's not saying, it's not good, it's not a, a bad thing to want to be great. It's it's understanding in this kingdom that's coming, right? Advent coming, in this kingdom that's coming, what is it that makes somebody great? And it's not that, you know, they had these, had the positions or had degrees or had, you know, what, some kind of authority, it's that, in fact, they follow Jesus by sacrificing themselves for others. And I think that is the very thing that God calls us to do. So um, I, I really do think it's the spirit in which those are used. Uh, I, I'm sure in the past, I'm sure in still places today, that there's places where, you know, so many of the Catholics, uh, you know, the, the, their clergy are often called father. Um, I'm sure there's many places where that's abused. But I do think there's many places where that's actually used as a way of, um, uh, I, I think helping people who feel dislocated 
alone, orphaned in a lot of ways, maybe by their own families of origin and by society, saying, hey, I'm someone who's here to, to care for you, to protect you, to provide for you, to nourish you, uh, that it doesn't have to be an exalting thing for the, the, the clergy person. It can be an exalting thing for the person who's being served. Um, so that's where I really think if we're going to kind of go a little bit deeper, I think that maybe gets to the heart of it. Verse 12, but those who exalt themselves will be humbled. And those who humble themselves will be exalted. That's where I just feel like that's the, the validation of this, my, my interpretation of that. Um, mm -hmm. Maybe the, the one other thing, there are a couple other things in here, but I'm taking too much time talking about that. Um, I, I think that uh, it's interesting that Jesus is not saying that all the, everything these guys teach is wrong. He's actually saying, <clears throat> uh, he says, practice and obey what they tell you. Uh, because they are, in fact, you know, teaching the religious law. So, like, hey, obey what they tell you. Just don't follow their example. Don't do what they do. Uh, you know, and I, I see some of these uh, kind of pastors that we, we've we've all seen on TV, or you know, just sort of a lot of people who gain a lot of celebrity status. Uh, and oftentimes, you know, their teaching is actually pretty good. They've got huge teams that are doing research for them, and they're great at expressing stuff. And I, I think, wow, I, 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 it'd be it'd be self vindicating to find like, oh, here's the error. Here's how I know they're heretics. They're bad people. Well, they're not heretics in some cases. In many cases, they're teaching beautiful things. So obey what they say, but not what they do. You know, it means we need to be really discerning about how do we take what's healthy and then be able to filter out what's going to be less healthy. Well, Dave, would you be willing to pray for us to uh, become more ready to receive Christ with humility? Yes. Lord, we are in such an image-conscious culture. It's just so enticing to play to this wide, hungry, critical, capricious audience. And yet, God, you ask us to play for an audience of one, to seek not to hear their words of affirmation, but to hear your words of affirmation. Well done, good and faithful servant. God, I pray that you would give us your Holy Spirit of humility. God, I pray you would give us that grace this Advent. We pray it in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Well, thank you, everyone, for joining us again today. And I hope that your heart today is just that bit much more ready to receive Jesus. Go in peace.